and Apex Lab Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast, where we speak to the most experienced technology leaders from around the world. So stay with us to learn actionable management insights to take your engineering team to the next level. This show is powered by Apex Lab, a team of experts in end-to-end digital product development. ApexLab.io I am Karolina Toth, and this is the Level Up Engineering Podcast. Today, my guest is Jerry Shaw, Senior R&D Education Program Developer at Shopify. If you are our listener, you have heard about Shopify because we have talked to Farhan before. Jerry here designs educational programs for Shopify folk in R&D, including developers, designers, and data scientists. So she's right up in our alley as our listeners are usually leaders of the tech industry. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. We are glad to have you. Please, let's start out by you telling us a bit about yourself. Well, I'm Jerry, as you mentioned. Uh, I've worked at Shopify for about just coming up on five years now, which is wild. And I've always sort of been fascinated about the world of education and especially technical training, because I think that it's a really challenging and fun problem to try to solve is how to make really exceptional uh, technical training for folks. And Shopify is one of the greatest places in the world to work. So it's really wonderful working with people who are so engaged and brilliant. Um, It really makes my job an absolute joy. How awesome. Honestly, it's like great to hear about such workplaces. Uh, So today our topic is uh, technical onboarding, which was actually inspired by a series of tweets where you shared some insights about the new global onboarding program that you designed. So let's just start out by saying what constitutes technical onboarding so we can all be on the same page. Yeah, that's a great question. So What we talk about when we're talking about technical onboarding at Shopify is our onboarding program for everybody in a technical role. So that's anybody in data, development, uh, UX, or product. And so I really think of the technical onboarding program as, as quite a holistic thing, including like right from day one, getting your laptop set up to much more in depth, complex boot camps and workshops on technical topics like Rails or React Native, for example but it's for new employees at Shopify. All right. So given the situation, we started having this uh, global pandemic in uh, in April of 2020. How do you do technical onboarding differently when you are working remotely? Yeah, very differently. You know, it, I think a lot of uh, folks, when we first started working from home, a lot of education professionals thought, let's just take what we used to do and and offer it over Zoom. And I think very quickly, a lot of us realized that, hey, that doesn't really work. I think in some ways, remote is is sort of a gift because it's it's a forcing function for really quality um, quality and educational design because, you know, nothing, you can't take anything for granted. You know, there's nothing to hide behind. You really have to be deliberate and intentional about everything. You can't rely on people being you know, excited to just be in a room together away from their desks, for example, which I think was a pretty big factor in why people liked a lot of our training before, you know. So 
I'll take one example of, of how we design differently for remote. And it's based on this idea of engagement and energy. So when you onboard in person as a facilitator, you become really good at managing the energy in the room. And I think people feed off of each other to become energized and engaged. But in remote onboarding, you have to be incredibly intentional about how you structure people's time and how you use people's time to make sure that you keep that energy and engagement up. So we know that people are really energized by problem solving together. We know that people are really de-energized by spending an entire day on a video call. So what we essentially did to solve for this is we designed all of our technical onboarding experiences. We redesigned them to be active um, and synchronous, but hybrid. So what that means is we give a group of learners a real challenge, like you know, build a data pipeline or ship a dashboard. And we have them work that problem at the same time together. And then we give them a lot of support structures, like a virtual pod they can drop in on to collaborate with each other, like subject matter experts available in Slack. So they get that sense of like being together with a group and working on a really engaging and interesting problem, but they don't have to be trapped on a video call for eight hours <laughs> in a day. Um, and that model is really working well for us. So that's an example of kind of how we've rebuilt our technical onboarding to work for a fully remote environment. So could we say that um, the main selling point of the in-person onboarding is, is really just being together and learning together? And when in remote, it's more so about working together, actually? I think that's, a, that's an insightful question. I do think the togetherness of learning it is underestimated how important that is. So we're trying to find that happy medium, the, the way that it works in remote, because I think the initial impulse could be, okay, let's just make everything fully self-directed alone. And I think that uh, what we're finding is that actually one of our biggest challenges now with folks onboarding remotely is the isolation and the loneliness. And so finding some way that we can have people together, but also not exhaust them is a really interesting tension. Right, just loneliness is just such an awful word. And I am also sitting here at my desk at home by myself and I can totally feel what you mean. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners also know exactly what you mean. Um, so how can we can we make remote onboarding less lonely what what can we what can we do to to make the new joiners feel like they are part of a group it's such a great question and if any of your listeners have great ideas i would welcome them to share them with me because it's still a problem with we're grappling with some of the things we're trying right now are like i mentioned we are really doubling down on synchronous learning experiences, meaning folks learning the same thing at the same time. So that's one way. And we're encouraging a lot of um, group work and collaboration and pairing and problem solving together. Um, we're also introducing lots of drop-in social opportunities. So we're playing drawful together online, you know, a couple times a week. Um, another thing we're trying, which I, I'm I'm really interested to see how this sort of plays out long term. But another thing we're trying is really deeply involving uh, people's managers and onboarding buddies 
in the onboarding, the formal onboarding process. So I think typically there was kind of this sense of, you know, somebody starts at a company, they go through their formal onboarding, and then they're sort of handed off to their manager. We're trying to change that relationship uh, to be more of a partnership. So for example, if you join Shopify and you're in data, you're going to work with a cohort of people to build and implement a real data pipeline, which is pretty exciting to do that in a week. And at the end of every day, you have a deliverable that you send to your lead or and your onboarding buddy that they're going to review and celebrate with you. So just creating those opportunities for new hires to connect with their leads in a way that's meaningful, um, we're hoping that that has an impact on that feeling of isolation. Awesome. Now that you mentioned some of the key players in onboarding, uh, could you elaborate a little more about um, the technical onboarding process at Shopify? Like, who are the buddies? Are they assigned? Are they volunteering? Who are the tech leads? Um, who, who are the other people that are involved? Yeah, in terms of the the sort of extended onboarding team, if you will, absolutely the the person's manager, the hiring manager is is the most crucial person in this whole process. So they really own the entire onboarding experience for their new hire, including developing an onboarding plan, you know, giving feedback on deliverables, as I mentioned. The lead is the one who selects a buddy. And typically an onboarding buddy will be probably somebody on their team who can support them, especially in the more social aspects of joining a new company. So how do you find fun Slack channels to hang out in? How do you access support that you might need in your role? So that's really the role of an onboarding buddy is a bit more informal, a bit more of a social role, which is extremely important. And then there's the whole technical training team. So my team uh, that manages the technical onboarding process is four people and we meet and work directly one-on-one -on -one with every single new hire in R&D. Wow. So could you tell us a bit more about the, the crucial elements of, of what the process looks like from day zero, I assume, to the final day of onboarding? Yeah, absolutely. So the technical onboarding program at Shopify is called R&D Discovery. So if you hear me referring to that, I'm talking about the entire program that we've built. And it is a modular, customizable onboarding program for all new hires across R&D, as I've mentioned. The first week is really spent learning sort of Shopify's history and culture and doing some basic laptop setup. And near the end of week one, all new hires actually ship code for the first time at Shopify. So that's something I'm, we're actually really proud about is that if you start an R&D at Shopify, you're going to ship code by the end of your first week. In week two, new hires in R&D embed on the support team for a week. As part of that process, they really learn our product deeply. They build their own test store. They you know, configure shipping settings. They dig into theme code, all the stuff that you know, um, would really give them a, an in-depth, hands-on understanding of our product. And then they actually answer real merchant emails to help merchants deal with challenges they might be having on their online store. So that is week two. Then in weeks three and four, new hires transition into working through a custom onboarding plan that their manager has built for them. 
and that we have worked with their manager to help build. But essentially what their manager does is select from a bunch of optional learning experiences that my team offers, including boot camps, workshops, um, and self-directed activities and constructs those into a plan that their new hire then works on for, for a couple of weeks, supported by our team. So weeks three and four look very different depending on what your role is, what your craft is. And it's a four-week process? That's correct. Although it's sort of like a gradual transition away from, so weeks one and two are very structured, you know, you're nine to five working with a group. As we go into weeks three and four, we sort of start a gradual process of weaning off of like structured learning and workshops towards more problem-based learning, more team-based learning, more project-based learning. Awesome. And that learning will continue for, you know, many, many months, certainly. We don't consider someone to be fully onboarded after their first month. It's just that we want to offer that extra level of support within their first month. Mm -hmm. Do you somehow follow the new hires with your team after they are done with their onboarding process? Yeah, we absolutely do. I mean, it's the greatest job in the world because you get to meet all these incredible people. And really, we become friends with like everyone who starts at Shopify and R&D, which is such a gift. And so our socials, we often invite we invite folks back who have been in the program previously. So it really becomes a, a lovely, vibrant community of, of new folks. And we also follow folks a bit more in terms of evaluating our program as well. So one of the metrics that we use to evaluate our program is time to 10th pull request. So a pull request being what developers create when they ship code. We actually measure how long it takes folks to, to ship their 10th bit of code at Shopify. And that's a measure that we use to determine the impact and effectiveness of our programming. Wow. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Like how you, you measure the success? It's a such a fascinating data science challenge, measuring the impact of, of onboarding with all the intervening variables and the complexity of, of real life. So it's something that we certainly haven't solved, but it's something that we're exploring and really in having fun exploring. So we have a lot of sort of short-term metrics, of course, that, that guide a lot of our work. So we ask folks, you know, did this learning opportunity offer good value for time? We ask them about the outcomes that we want them to get from each learning experience and sort of measure our success at that level. But in terms of the long-term measurement, yeah, we're looking at a couple of different ways of of exploring that and this measuring the time it takes to ship code is is important to us. We want to get people to the point where they feel confident and comfortable writing and shipping code as quickly as possible. Not for any other reason than I think that that's what people want when they started a new company, right? They're excited to contribute. They want to be able to to ship code. And so if we can give them the knowledge, the confidence to to do that and we can do that quickly, I think that um it's, it makes for a great learner experience as well. Right. Thank you. You also mentioned in the beginning how when people get the technical onboard experience, they also get like a larger view is what I heard. So they don't only get in the nitty gritty of using the technologies, they also 
join the support staff and work with actual end users. Could you tell us a bit more about why and how that happens? Absolutely. That was one of the pieces that was the most important to us, I think, and meaningful to us it is how do we make sure that folks joining Shopify have the opportunity to really deeply understand what it is that we do and the product that we offer. And so we kind of explored some different options for what that could look like. And what we decided ultimately is like, hey, we we already have this group of amazing people at our company who are experts in our product and in our merchants. Why don't we just you know, put folks in R&D with those people who know this so deeply and so well already? And so we, we worked with the support team really closely to design this program where essentially a, a small group of onboarders in R&D will pair with one or two support advisors who are also educators and they go through a guided program. So essentially the program follows a general structure of you learn about an area of our product, let's say shipping, which can be quite complex. Then you uh, get experience with that area of the product working within a test store. So let's say you build a test store and you go in and you set all kinds of shipping settings. Then you support actual merchants struggling with that part of their store as well. So you learn about the concept, you apply it yourself, and then you help someone else who maybe needs some support in that area. And so all of that is guided and supported by facilitators who are you know, absolute experts in, in our platform and in supporting our merchants. So there's often many reviews of drafts of emails that go back and forth um, before it's approved to go out to the merchants. So it's a really um, important and a really rewarding aspect of our onboarding because like the reactions that we see from let's say a new developer who gets a message back from a merchant saying like thank you so much you helped me so much like this was so critical to me and my business i mean that's the best feeling in the world right and they're getting it in week two on the job awesome it's it sounds like you are also getting um a bit of the engagement game on right away when people are allowed to ship code and they get to interact with the, with the end users. It sounds so, I don't know, like heartwarming. How do you, do you integrate technical onboarding in the entire process of onboarding and how do two differ? It's a great question because I think that historically, or I, I guess typically, onboarding can be quite siloed, right? It's like you you do this program and then you're handed off to your team as we talked about earlier. So certainly one of the things that we wanted to do was make the experience feel seamless. You know, it should be invisible to new hires, which team worked on something. I think that it should really feel like one seamless, cohesive experience. So the way we've tried to solve that problem is by working very closely with managers. So we have onboarding plan templates and those onboarding plan templates don't just include our programming. It's really a holistic plan that covers, you know, their first three days, which are run by a you know, team called startup at Shopify, then through to technical onboarding, which is what 
my team offers and then through to you know what one-on-ones should you be doing to gather context what projects are you going to be working on what are the intricacies of your team and your team's processes so that onboarding plan that we work on with managers includes all of those components so the the goal is that for a new hire they just have one plan that feels that feels cohesive we also built in this transition period that i mentioned where we're actively supporting a sense of community among new hires as they transition onto their team so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a warm handoff a bit of a supportive handoff as opposed to just sort of like okay you're in onboarding and now you're not and we found that 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 works really well actually having that supportive transition period especially in remote because as we mentioned it can feel very very lonely and as you start you start to build this community with your new hires you don't want to just lose that right you want to hold on to those connections and that those relationships right it sounds like from the bits and pieces of what i've heard that you paid really close attention to how it feels to get the onboarding experience at shopify and i am just so curious you mentioned in the beginning that there are some gut feelings about making onboarding remote and and i am just so curious how did you start the the entire rebuilding the program it was quite the undertaking i'll tell you that it was quite the undertaking and it happened very quickly which is one of the amazing things about shopify is there's a lot of incredible people to work with and damn do they move quickly so it's a lot of fun the way we started which i actually think i think this unlocked a lot for us the way we started was by going back to the drawing board and asking managers what are the things that people do in your craft that show you that they're onboarded or that they're impactful what does it actually look like when somebody has an impact as a web developer or a mobile developer or a data scientist uh and we really tried to get managers to to share with us not not what they thought people should know but again what people actually do so they ship prs they review other people's code they pair regularly these are some of the things that we heard you know they do a dev on call shift you know these are these are some of the things that we heard and so for every individual behavior or action that spoke to impact that was our starting point and we built activities workshops boot camps around those specific things that actually unlocked a lot for us as i mentioned because suddenly we had a really action oriented onboarding program a really goal driven onboarding program and what that allows a lead to do is is to just look at this list of challenges essentially like hey ship your first pr do a pairing session for the first time um and just select those challenges for their new hires and every single one links directly to a self directed activity a workshop a boot camp and i think that what that allowed us to do as i mentioned yeah is build a really a really active and digital by design onboarding program it sounds like you kind of reverse engineered your new <laughs> onboarding prog- pro- program but that's awesome is there anything that you kind of regret or now that 
I know you are still, you know, building the program because it's always a work of art when you create a process. You have to, you know, retrospective it and then make it better the next time around. But but is there anything that you would warn or listeners against or or something that was really a striking impactful realization for you? Oh gosh, we've learned so much. It's been such a period of of rapid growth and iteration, which has been so much fun. I think one of the pieces we underestimated, which is what we've been we've been talking about a lot already, is the social isolation and the impact of that on new hires. I think especially if we used to work in office, obviously, now we've transitioned to digital by design where a majority of people will work from home, you know, sort of permanently. And I think that a lot of hiring managers still are folks who who onboarded in an office. And as a result, I think it can be hard to put yourself in the shoes of someone who who is new and you know might be spending seven hours at home every day alone, you know, on their computer. Like they don't have a calendar full of meetings like like more tenured folks might have. So I think that that's something we maybe underestimated in our original design is how important it was to solve that problem. And I've been really encouraged. There's Jordan on my team is incredible. Shout out to Jordan if she listens to this. And she's been, I hope she will too. Yeah, she's been designing and experimenting with all kinds of just creative ways to get people connecting, to start forming those social relationships that really impact somebody's entire experience of not just onboarding, but about working at a company. So yeah, shout out to Jordan. And I would say that was our number one learning so far is is not to underestimate the importance of solving for that piece. All right. With that said, if somebody hasn't made the leap to reorganize or rebuild their onboarding process for the new remote world that we are experiencing, how should they start building a technical onboarding process? Start with what impact looks like and what you want people to be able to do. I do feel like that framing really opens up your mind to, and and sort of is a forcing function to design just a, a quality educational experience. Because again, it, fo- it focuses you on active learning. It focuses you on problem solving learning as opposed to lecture-based learning. So I would say that's where I would start if I were to do this again. I think that worked really well for us. And then I think you can also start small. I mean, when, when we launched, we launched on May 11th, our new program. We launched for one craft only, developers. And because our program is quite modular, you know, we have a, a variety of optional activities, that design actually gave us the option of just saying, hey, with our first cohort, we're launching 15 optional activities. Leads can pick and choose the ones that are useful. And if none of them are useful yet, that's fine. Like, jump into your role. Um, that's okay. And then each cohort, we've launched something new. You know, now we have 
the Rails Bootcamp, this amazing three-day experience where people build a Rails app. Then we launched you know, an entire week of data learning that folks can attend. So, so kind of by breaking it up into a bit more of a modular design, it sort of frees you up to work iteratively and start small, build something, one thing, and then build the second thing and then the third thing. And then before you know it, you have a, you have a digital by design onboarding program. So to make sure I understand correctly, it kind of sounds like we shouldn't view onboarding as just this one project. It should be more like a series of little projects that at the end, one can feel like they've been onboarded. Is that right? I think that I think that's a great way to think about it. And I think especially with remote, some of the designs that we used to have for onboarding programs aren't necessarily going to be successful. So if your onboarding program right now looks like a week in a room listening to lectures, maybe that worked great for you before. It probably doesn't work great for you right now. And so by actually breaking things up into these modular components, not only does it unlock that great iterative build like we talked about where you can really start small, um, I think it also just works better for people because they can pick and choose what works for them. You know, With in-person training, something you get in the box with that design is people are happy to be there together. And so, you know, maybe this, Maybe this one hour workshop isn't really super relevant to me, but you know, I'm excited because I'm here with my friends and I'm away from my desk. You don't get that with remote. You know, if something is not a good use of someone's time and they're sitting at home alone at their computer on camera, that's not gonna work. They're not gonna have a good experience. And so um, yeah, by making things a bit more modular, by breaking things up and giving people options, I think that um, the experience is significantly better. All right. So would you say the new remote onboarding processes have to be a bit more flexible? I absolutely think so. Yeah, I, I do. And I, I think, again, that's sort of the beauty of remote is like it is a forcing function to make our craft as educators better. So I do think flexibility is really important. And I think especially if you have a global team and you're working with multiple time zones, uh, that becomes even more crucial. So for almost everything we offer in the program, we have a fully self-directed option and a facilitated option. And we often have facilitated options that kick off in multiple time zones. So that kind of flexibility allows us to really meet the needs of a really global team and and also different types of learners. I mean, if someone might be in the Eastern time zone where we might offer something facilitated, but you know, depending on their schedule, on their home life, on every, you know, their learning style, you know, maybe a self-directed option is better for them. And so rather than kind of shut down options, our goal has been how can we how can we make the most flexible customizable program, but also have each component be accept as exceptional as possible. That sounds like a really big job, but it also sounds really <laughs> exciting, you know, like you get to pick and choose what and when you are going to complete. Um, 
could you just say a bit more about the the synchronous yet hybrid qualities of the onboarding so that we can perhaps take away some some tools or some thoughts that we can ponder absolutely this has been sort of the the surprise uh success i think of the program has been this synchronous but hybrid design so i'm going to talk about data uh, data onboarding in particular so in week three if you're in the data team you spend a full week um, shipping a data pipeline as i mentioned so you design the data model you implement a data pipeline and then you actually build a dashboard using the data that you've loaded to our data warehouse so that's a, a very complex and challenging process and the experience that we built to teach folks how to do that um, perfectly meets sort of the synchronous but hybrid design. So I'll, I'll describe what that looks like. So at the beginning of the day, you know, we have a group of learners, maybe five, six, seven folks who have joined data. We get them on a call in the morning for 30 minutes. We explain sort of the challenge for the day. So maybe the challenge is you're going to design a data model. Then we give them their structured activity that they're going to follow to do that. We release them from the call, they go off and they work on this challenge, but they're in a Slack channel together and they're also in something called a virtual pod. A virtual pod is a Google Hangout that stays open on a second monitor. You can mute yourself or even turn off your video, no problem. But folks can always unmute and sort of simulate turning to your neighbor at the office and just saying, hey, you know, I'm stuck on step five. Like, how do we create this this aspect of the data model, and then folks can discuss and support each other. We also have sort of drop-in subject matter experts who will be available at certain points in the day when we know that folks are working on something a little bit challenging, or we know that folks might have questions about, about how things work. At the end of the day, we get back together on a video call and sort of debrief and say, how did things go? And we send the deliverables to their lead to give feedback. Day two starts all over again with a new aspect of the problem. So that's an example of the sort of hybrid approach where folks aren't, are probably only on a video call for maybe grand total, like an hour out of the day, but they're, they have the sense of, and they are working a problem together with a group at the same time so that they can leverage support when they need it so that they can, you know, turn to their neighbor for help. And I think that that um, design has, really been impactful uh, and it's exciting to see the results from it. Thank you. That sounds fun. This is like not that big of a question, but this has been something that really keeps coming back to me. Do you encourage people to turn on their video? Do you require it from people? Do you highlight the benefits of connecting face to face, even virtually? Mm. Or do you just say, you know, you do whatever. It's an interesting question. At Shopify, the culture seems very much to be that people have their video and audio on. I do think the importance of seeing someone, like even now, our podcast listeners won't know this, but even now I'm looking at you and I'm seeing you smile and that connection is so human and it's so important. And so we don't, we absolutely don't require 
anybody to have their camera on. You know, there are many reasons why someone might need to on a particular day have their camera off for a little bit. But what we found is that typically everyone has their cameras on and that that is really enriching to the experience. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. I know it was um, just out of the blue, but it really triggered my curiosity when you were talking about how people work together, but they also work on their own, which is, I guess it's like an amazing opportunity that we would have never had, had we not had the pandemic, which is weird. I, yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, <laughs> but yeah. Sure. No, but I, I, I think you're right. I mean, as we, yeah, as we iterate more and more on the fully remote onboarding design, I'm increasingly convinced that actually it's a better way to do onboarding. I mean, I, 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 I'm shocked to hear myself say that, but I really, I really believe that it is, you know, again, it's a forcing function for great educational design first and foremost, and the accessibility of the experience is so high, like to have, to have folks learning for a whole month together uh, from wherever they are in the world. I mean, that, that wouldn't have been possible before. And so it's very exciting to see, to see some of the positives now of the, of the remote digital by design experience and see what it could, you know, the, the potential of that model. So I would encourage folks to, to lean into how great it can be to do training remotely, because I think that a lot of folks are afraid to kind of get into it at the beginning. Right. Because we all as humans don't like change very much. And so we are all kind of <laughs> a little hoping that this will be over soon. One other question that just popped to my head, because you said maybe remote is a better onboarding experience than than offline. And excuse me if I should know this, I haven't been following Shopify all that closely, but do you all plan on just staying mostly remote when the pandemic is over? Or have you figured out an action plan for when we can move back to our offices? Yeah, so Shopify is digital by design now. And that is a, a permanent shift to a different way of working. It doesn't mean that nobody will work from offices, but it does mean that a majority of folks will probably continue to work from home after the pandemic ends. However, one of the things we're really excited about is that we will have still some sort of hub offices but those offices won't be a primary workspace. They'll be used for things like maybe getting together for a celebration at the end of onboarding. Those are the types of things we're planning for and excited about in the future. So we can still like leverage a lot of the, um, the benefits of remote education while also sort of leveraging these in-person spaces for what in-person is really good at. So that's sort of the future we're planning for. Awesome. Thank you. We have touched on a great many things about onboarding and uh, being remote and um, just technical onboarding in general, even the role of the manager and um, the role of your team. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Well, I would love to say, I mean, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come here and talk about this. You can probably tell that I nerd out over uh, online education. So I would say to any of your listeners, um, please connect with me on Twitter. Feel free to send me an email. I really am happy to meet and discuss and you know help you 
brainstorm or problem solve any remote education problems that you might be grappling with, because I think this is a unique time for educators where we're all kind of trying to solve some of the same problems at the same time. And I would just love to be a part of a part of that. So please reach out if you're if you're interested in solving some of these problems as well. Awesomeness. Thank you. That was going to be my last question, but you answered it. So um, dearest listeners, Jerry Shaw is uh, available at J-E-R-I-E underscore S-H-A-W. If I said that correctly, uh, I'm Correct. getting a nod um, on Twitter. Uh, she has shared some great insights about uh, technical remote global onboarding, uh, which I'm sure we can all take some things away from. So um, with that said, thank you for being our guest today. Today, my guest was Jerry Shaw, the senior R&D education program developer at Shopify. Make sure to follow her work on Twitter. With that said, if you're already on Twitter, follow Level Up Engineering as well and let us know if this was your favorite episode so far. I am Karolina Tot, and I hope to see you next time. Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time. See you next time.